Good morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome, welcome to service today. So good to see you all. And I notice every, every Sunday it seems that our, our, our numbers get to be a little bit more and a little bit more, and that's very heartening to see. Well, today is the fifth Sunday after Pentecost, and today we hear one of the most beautiful stories in the New Testament, the story of the Good Samaritan. It's only found in Luke. And it is a beautiful story, and more on that in today's lesson. Any visitors with us this morning? Any visitors? For the first or second time? No? Okay. Next Sunday, July 17th, the service will be at 10 a.m. And then after that service, we're going to have a picnic. So we'd like to make sure that as many people as you can can come. There is also a sign-in sheet if you'd like to bring something for the picnic. Uh, it's in the Nothex, and uh, please check that out. So we're looking forward to that. There'll actually be a temple talk before uh, we do that. And uh, uh, another heads up for you is that on September 11th, between 9.30 and 11.30, we'll have God's work, our hands. Okay, so this is something that we've done for the last four, you've all done for the last four years in your church. In my church, we had done it too. And it is a beautiful thing. Uh, and we were going to commemorate uh, that with uh, Mother Hubbard's Cupboard and Lap Blankets for Vets. Do I have that right? Right. So if you have any more questions, see Jan, and uh, uh, she'll fill you in on it. And we're looking forward to a really good turnout and response from the congregation. The church council will meet today at 12 noon. Um, one of the things that you, you can pick up today on your way out is a copy of the MSP. That's the Ministry Site Profile that is submitted to the Synod for the candidates to, to view and see and see if they're interested in coming uh, to a call here at Lutheran Church of the Reconciliation. Now, I will tell you that I spoke to uh, Pastor Phil Tonneson the other day. We're, we actually grew up together on Staten Island, so, uh, but he's in the Synod, and he said to me that he's got five great candidates to send you away. So there is a lot of people with interest in this church. So as we go forward, it'll, very interesting times are coming for Lutheran Church of the Reconciliation. We tried to get it into the bulletin, but it just wouldn't fit. It's just too many pages. But you can pick up a copy on the way out there in the Northex. Please avail yourself of a copy and read it. And it's very thorough, and they did a fantastic job. Uh, on July 24th, uh, that Sunday, we'll have a new member inquiry class at 9.30, right after first service. So if you know someone that is interested in coming to Lutheran Church of the Reconciliation, uh, please tell them about that time, and we will have a, a, a good experience for them between services, and hopefully have them uh, uh, affirm their baptism at the, at the service, the afternoon, the 11.30 service, the, the 11 o'clock service, I'm sorry. Ah, I better stop talking while I'm ahead here. With that said, let us prepare our hearts for service.
Thank you, Diana. I noticed a lot of people tapping their toes while you were playing. I think that's a good sign. Please rise, face the baptismal font where we began our lives as Christians. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You may be seated.
did this one last week. So it's not brand new. Also, anything that we use a track for is in those blue folders if you just want the words. Here we go. These are the days of Elijah declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trial, of famine and darkness and sword, still we are the voice in the desert, crying, prepare ye way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. 
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and together. O Lord God, your mercy delights us, and the world longs for your loving care. Hear the cries of everyone in need, and turn our hearts to love our neighbors with the love of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first reading today is from Deuteronomy chapter 30. The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all your undertakings, in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your livestock, and in the fruit of your soil. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you, just as he delighted in prospering your ancestors when you obey the Lord your God by observing his commandments and decrees that are written in this book of the law because you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Surely this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. 
the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, your brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you, just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The word of the Lord. St. Luke. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, 
And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Be seated. A Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and he was moved with pity. Grace, peace, and love from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today we have just heard one of the greatest stories and parables in the Bible, the story of the Good Samaritan. And what we should point out immediately in this story it's important for us to realize that the wounded man on the side of the road is God. In the story, we also hear the command that we must love God. The commandment tells us to love God. It tells us to hear that God is saying, love me, love me. God is saying that because he loves you and me so much, and God wants to be reciprocated. Have you ever been in a relationship where only one person is in love and the other isn't? Hmm. It's a tragic, unfulfilling relationship for both sides. And as you know, it is almost an immediate reaction when someone says, I love you, to respond, well, I love you too. But imagine a relationship where one says, I love you, and gets nothing in return. How would that person feel? You all know what I'm talking about. It's tragic and it's isolating. I believe that there is no doubt that God wants to be loved. It is the greatest commandment that you hear in the gospel today. God commands us to love him. And you know, God doesn't ask us anything that we cannot do. God is not ridiculous. He doesn't ask for absurd things. If God commands us to do something, he knows that we can do it. He doesn't say to me, for instance, you must make yourself 40 years old. And I would have to ask God, why do you want me to be older than I already am? God doesn't ask us to grow more hair or to get rid of that bald spot or for the short to be tall and the tall to be short. Come on, God, we know that's not fair. No. God knows this. He can only ask for what we can give, and he wants us to love him. He commands us to love him, and his command is very specific. We are to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, and with all our mind. And while we're at it, to love our neighbors as ourselves. To love our neighbors as much as we love us. 
to love unequivocally. And if you don't understand that, my brothers and sisters, then you'll never understand this gospel. You'll never understand the story of the Good Samaritan. So to the lesson in the gospel, you know, I find that it might be somewhat derogatory or off-putting that this gospel begins with just a lawyer, just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. We might, in response, say, uh-oh, a lawyer. Once the lawyers get involved, that'll mess everything up. But I don't believe we should read it that way. Let me tell you, it's still a common practice to teach in a dialectic. Dialectic is a word from the Greek that means logic. But it was and still is a style of teaching. It is a probing, testing dialogue between teacher and student. It is a challenging dialogue and not one to be presented as being contrary to anyone, including lawyers. In fact, while he stood up to challenge Jesus, the lawyer respected him. He addresses him as teacher. And so the dialectic begins. The lawyer asks a question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? <coughs> Jesus asks a question. What is written in the law? The lawyer answers the question. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Then Jesus answers, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. Then the lawyer, furthering the dialectic, asks, who is my neighbor? Now the teacher, now Jesus, sees where this is going. I believe he respects the lawyer who comes forth with good questions, who is challenging the teacher, a style that would resemble a Greek salon meeting. Jesus realizes that this is a teaching moment, so he responds in this way. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. That statement puts us in the context that the man coming down from Jerusalem as one who must be a Jew. A Jew is traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. The man fell upon robbers who robbed him and left him, took even his clothes and left him for dead. Along comes two people who the lawyer would view as sympathetic to the Jews. A priest from the temple sees the man but passes him by. Then a Levite, a temple assistant, comes next and passes him by. So two Jews and then a Samaritan, the most hated by the Jews. To the Jews they are apostates, essentially who even have a difficult and different temple mount, who when Jesus was in Samaria and sat at the well and began talking to the woman, the woman wondered, why is this Jew talking to me? You hate us. But it is the Samaritan who helps the man at the side of the road, brings him to an inn and pays for his lodging, and then said to the innkeeper, on my return, I will settle up this money what this money doesn't cover. And in a way, Jesus is setting the lawyer up 
because in the lawyer's mind, there's no such thing as a good Samaritan. It's an oxymoron. But my brothers and sisters, the priest and the Levite asked themselves, if I stop, if I stop, what could happen to me? The priest and the Levite asked themselves, if I stop, what could happen to me? But my brothers and sisters, the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? What could happen to him? This is the answer to who is my neighbor. And I think we can relate. Sometimes we think we know who our friends are, who our neighbors are. Have you ever been shocked to discover when you were in trouble who it was that never called you? But the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? You know, the person who you thought would be there for you in thick and thin looks at your predicament and crosses over and does not even acknowledge your trouble. But the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? Or how about the person who sees you are obviously in dire straits and says to you, if you need anything, call me. like you have to spell it out. They just pass by on the other side. None of the help in this story came from someone that you thought was your neighbor. But the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? And it is most appropriate that this lesson go to a lawyer, one who is experienced in putting people on trial, because that is what we all do. We just don't love our neighbors outright. We have to put them on trial first to find out if they are worthy of our love. We limit our love to likeness. But the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? My brothers and sisters, if you want to be like Jesus, we've got to love like Jesus. We cannot put our neighbors on trial before we love them. It doesn't matter how they think or how they vote or how they look or how they dress. You are my neighbor. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care what your ethnicity is. I don't care what your social status is. And I don't care what your religion is. And you might have heard me say, some religion is better than no religion at all. But I love you because of you, not who you are. And the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? I love God because God is. And like you, we try to obey God's command to love God and love our neighbor. And here is a way of driving this home. It is essentially loving unequivocally. No criteria is necessary. If a child asked you, Mom, Dad, what do I have to do to be your child? The answer, nothing. 
You don't have to do anything to be my child. The child is your child, period. But let's put it in the context today of loving your neighbor. There are times when we say to our children, if you go ahead and do that, I won't have anything to do with you. Don't come running to me. I've had it with you and your shenanigans. If you do it again, I'm done with you. I'm not going to help you. Don't call me. Mm -mm. I'm not going to give you any more money. If you walk out that door, you're on your own. And the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? And because you love your children, you love them, love will make you change your mind. Love will make you go back on your word. Love will make you go the extra mile. Love will make you apologize even when you know you were right. Love will make you feed someone if they cuss you out. Love will make you swallow your pride and you make that call to your child even though it makes you look like the weaker one. Love, my brothers and sisters, will find a way. Love your neighbor with the same love as you would for your child. It is the same for a neighbor. And the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? Love God. Love your neighbor with a love that God has for you. Don't put people on trial to decide if they are worthy of your love. Remember, it was not the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was love. My brothers and sisters, know that God loves you, and so do I. Amen. Thank you.
Let us confess our faith. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made from being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and our, our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. The spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us. So we are bold to pray for the church, the world, 
and all that God has made. For your church, God of grace, hear our prayer. prayer. For the earth, God of grace, hear our prayer. For those who are in need of food, shelter, and a safe environment. God of grace, hear our prayer. For the sick, especially Susan Bayman, Janice Daly, Gay Green, Alberta Holden, Paul Latz, Mary Lou Schofield, Lisa and Roger Strong, Bill Sutton, Ron Wagner, Leo Schusler, Kathy Lear, Kathleen Ellis, and those on our lips and in our hearts. God of grace, hear our prayer. We praise you for those saints who have gone before us. God of grace, hear our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all of our prayers to you in confidence and faith through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Share with one another a sign of Christ's peace. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up our hearts. We Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection Open to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
You are indeed holy, almighty and merciful God. You are most holy. And great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, broke it, and blessed it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good.
Christ. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in its grace. Life-giving God, through this meal you have bandaged our wounds and fed us with your mercy. Now send us forth to live for others, both friend and stranger, that all may come to know your love. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.
Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. To God.